We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Rota Grinders today. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. You're to follow me on Twitter. And it's Monday, February 26th. You know what we do on Mondays when there's sports going on, at least. Uh, we bring in uh, James McCool for Mondays with McCool. He's the co author with me on the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports 15 hour audio DFS masterclass. You can pick up at theoryofdfs.com. Hit that thumbs up button on your way in the door. Give me those dummy thumbs. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell to always know when we go live. We got NBA stuff later today, Grinders Live, Crunch Time. We got small NHL slate, but James, it's Pat. We, we got back from the All-Star break, right? Mm-hmm. All-Star break's back, right? We, you won't be on next Monday. Next Monday, uh, I'll be driving home from North Carolina from a, from a wrestling event. So uh, so I'm assuming you're working on your, your baseball stuff. I see you have NHL stuff. Me, I've just been having having bug a big bugbear, multiple conversations. I get emails, I get DMs all the time. Uh, because I answer I answer people's questions. Join me in the Discord, rotogrinders.com slash Discord. That's the best place to go. Uh it's just because it's in front of people and it's in, it I could give you individualized attention. Uh it seems like people, James. They don't understand the con that they don't understand what what positive expected value actually means. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think that there's two two parts about it. One, most people don't know what expected value means, and two, I think lots of companies are happy to take advantage of the fact that most people don't know what expected value means. Um, it's but it's, it sounds it sounds when you say that uh, here's here's where you go to get your plus EV bets. Right, your plus EV pick'em, your plus EV whatever. That it means it's a what expected value actually is, is that in sports betting, in particular, or in any wagering, is that the price that you're getting has better odds than the probability of the actual event happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, that that is positive expected value. If you were to bet on a coin flip and got plus one fifty, that's plus EV. That's plus EV. Yeah. Right. You got to You got. And what's the edge there? That's a ten percent edge. Right. Plus one fifty is sixty percent implied probability. What's the probability of a coin flip? Fifty percent. What's the difference between the two implied probabilities? Ten percent. That that would be positive expected value. So in order to actually calculate. The expected value of any event, any bet, any wager, mm-hmm. you need to know. You need to know the the actual probability of the event and the odds that you're getting paid. Mm-hmm. The actual probability, a lot of times, you're estimating, right? We do that in with projections in DFS, right? You can say, "How many rebounds is Rudy Gobert going to get tonight?" Well, 
we we project his median to be 10. Right. Which means 50% of the time is over and 50% of the time is under. And obviously there's a distribution curve that's associated with it. But unless you have that projection, unless you have like what what is the what is the range of outcomes? What is the at least the median of the range of outcomes? Can you ever determine? Like if I told you, James, I'm gonna roll a die, right? Yeah. A die. Uh do you want to bet uh five to one that you can guess what number comes out? What what yeah. other information have I left out that you would need to know before determining whether or not that is plus EV or negative EV? If you're gonna give me five to one on any on a die, um, remember I just said the word die. Yeah, so there's six sides. We need to know. No, you don't sides. know that there's six sides. Ah, there, there lies the rub. Yeah. It could be a hundred sided die. It could be a ten sided. All right. Yeah. You got you, you. Come on, we're both nerds. We 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 play Dungeon and Dragons, right? There's I have I have never played dies, Dungeons eight sided dies, there's tons of sided dies. I'm not that level of nerd, Jordan, but uh, I do understand what Dungeons and Dragons is. I know there's twenty sided die involved, uh, mostly because one of my favorite internet songs by Tom Hardy, which you should look this up if you're watching the show afterwards. Go look up uh, Tom Cardi um, and Nat Twenty song it's the best thing ever anyway uh go go ahead and continue on with things people care about but the main thing is that getting five getting five to one on like like that oh, i'll give you eight to one if it's a six-sided right. die it would be plus ev if it was a 20-sided die it'd be negative ev like you still need to know like what if i gave you a range mm -hmm. i said well the chances of it being a six side you're getting paid eight to one but 20% yeah. of the time, it's a six-sided die, right? 80% of the time, it's a 10-sided die. Like, you still would make that bet, no. right, at 8-1. to Sometimes it's something, when you get the six-sided die, sometimes it is and sometimes not. But the point that I'm making here is that you need to know what the actual, like, efficient probability of the event happening. And... There's a difference between a bet being plus EV and the difference between two bets having more expected value than the other. So, James, let's say, for instance, roulette, right? Yeah. Easy casino game to understand, right? Most traditional roulette wheels have two green numbers, a zero and a double zero. Okay, now because of those two extra, there's 37 slots on the wheel instead of 35. They're paying you as if those two slots aren't there, right? right. So when you, you, it's not 50. The red and black pays you even money, even though it's not even because there's two green numbers that aren't being accounted for. Now the house edge in in roulette is like five and a quarter percent mm -hmm. on a double zero roulette wheel. Once you add another one. Right, triple zero. There used to be Monte Carlo versions. There was single zero roulette. The house edge on that is half of the five five and a quarter percent, two point seven five percent. Triple zero is even is even more. Now you're at seven and a half percent. Now, if I told you, James, that I had a choice between playing a triple zero roulette wheel and a double zero roulette wheel. Which one would have a higher expected value for my bets? Your double, your double zero. Right, but would it still would my bet be plus EV? No, because you're still losing money over time. You're still losing. I'm just losing less money, right, right? Than the triple zero, right? So it is an increase in expected value. So if you go from a triple zero roulette wheel to a double zero roulette wheel, you have gained expected value, but your bet in and of itself is still still negative EV. Right. So I think the, the bugbear I have is that people are looking at some approaches to sports betting and saying, well, because I got a better price than the market, that my bet is plus EV. And it's like, well, your bet is has a higher expected value than those other bets. But it doesn't necessarily mean that the bet that you made is is positive expectation. It's just less negative expectation it's it could be positive 
But it all 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 you're doing by comparing the numbers is just your line. Like when you line shop in sports betting, that's essentially what you're doing. If someone offered you James, let's say there were there were five books, James, mm-hmm. and four of them offered you minus one ten on a coin flip, mm-hmm. and then there's a fifth book, minus one hundred five on a coin flip. Right? I even I, if you could bring it up, Steve. I got my screen share. I even put it up, right? Maybe I should make it larger. Uh, zoom, zoom, zoom. Right, it's up here. Okay. So I put I put that scenario there. It's like, okay, so the implied probability of minus 110 is 52.4%, right? Mm-hmm. Minus 105 is 51.2%, right? So the, the edge difference between betting at minus 110 and minus 105 is uh, 1.2%. Yeah. But but you wouldn't state, you wouldn't say that this bet, you would look at the market and you go, well, the market, right? The consensus, right? Oh, a lot of minus 110s, minus 110s, minus 110s. This book, however, offering you minus 105, mm-hmm. right? Which is better odds. So you'd say, I got 1.2% right right edge difference and be like oh my bet has a 1.2 percent expected value no actually it has a one negative 1.2 percent because the actual probability of a coin flip is 50 percent right but in comparison yes you're getting you're not losing as much money betting on the outlier so people think of these terms and they go okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go and i'm gonna look at a prop right I'm going to look at some rebound prop today or something. Everyone has it at eight and a half. Like, the, let's make it so that the numbers are all the same. Yeah. Right. Everyone has some rebound prop, eight and a half, the over eight and a half. And one book has it at minus 105. One book has it at minus 108. Mm-hmm. Right. One book has it at, at, at minus 102, minus, whatever. And then you said one book has it at plus 105. And you go like the that, that one book. As it as as plus money, and you go well. I see. Like you're in a market like Colorado or New Jersey, Pennsylvania, with a lot of books. Yeah. And you go well. All these books. You go. You go. You go to Bet Three Sixty Five. You go to Points Bet. You go to everywhere. You look offshore even, and you go well. Everyone has it. If I averaged it all out, the consensus is like minus one hundred five. But this book has it at like plus one hundred five. Yeah. So I'm going to compare the difference between minus 105 and plus 105 and say that that is the calculation of expected value on that over eight and a half rebound prop. Mm-hmm. What is the what is the issue with doing that? Well, one, that there's a couple issues. I, the issue that you are trying to point out is that the one that is plus 105 might be the sharp book and the rest of the market might be the delay months. Well, that isn't that. That's the secondary, but that isn't even the first point that I'm making. Well, well, one, I mean, that's that's not how you calculate EV between books. Plus one hundred five to negative one hundred five is consensus. Is not how you calculate EV um, because you don't have a projection attached to that. Whatever your projection says, like I, all the books could say, the over eight and a half rebounds. You have three hundred books that say negative one hundred five, and then you have one book that says plus one hundred five. Right. And they're like, oh, your proje- your proje- you, you could you, your projection model could state that the fair price is actually plus one twenty. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or or your projection could say that it is like your your projection could be exactly eight point five and the exact odds could be one hundred. And then right. at that point, you have well, to plus take one hundred five would be plus EV then. Right. So, but but that's the point. But you right? but like, you actually have that variable. You have a very you're originating some number. Mm-hmm. You're not just going. You you just you're going across multiple books, right? People like consent the consensus across all books. They go across all books, not realizing a fundamental fact of sports betting markets is one that these props are not necessarily markets, which means they're not liquid, right? And two, they have high holds because of that. Right. So to say that all these markets that have 6% holds are efficient 
is just a faulty assumption to begin with. Because right. I can understand people saying, well, I don't have any projections. So how am I supposed to determine what the fair value is? Right? So I'm going to take an average. Like taking an average of numbers that aren't accurate. Like ima imagine aggregating projections that weren't accurate. Just like right. yeah. Really, like, like I'm gonna I'm gonna play NBA lineups today, and I'm gonna randomly uh I'm gonna I'm gonna go and I'm gonna build a model. They're all bad models, right? 10, 10 models that are bad that have awful minutes projections and usage stuff. But as long as I average all 10 bad models out, like then I'm I'll make my lineups based based on that. It's like there you go. that's just to me, that's the that's the first point I'm making is that. It, that people that are doing this as as a plus EV betting methodology, the faulty assumption is that like the markets are are efficient and they're just, right. they're not. Right. Yeah. It, and and that's what it comes down to, right? I mean, we we know we know based on sportsbook data and based off of the money that sportsbooks make, a, a lot of sportsbooks get beat in the prop market. Like they they make their money off SGPs. They they don't even really make money off the props off of the small niche stuff. So to say that like you want to take like, the aggregate of the sports books props and use that as an efficient line is like they're not even making money on that line. So for you to make money on that line doesn't really make sense. I do I do think that the the concept there, if the markets were efficient, makes sense. And that's worth saying because in things like betting sides for the NFL. Things like betting sides, even for NBA, I think the, the markets for NBA on, on sides are relatively efficient. But especially for NFL, if you can find a book that is off on sides and, and on on like the game level stuff, that I think you can do without a projection system. But when it comes to props, man, the, the markets, sports books lose lose money on props every every month. They're not making money on those lines, so you won't either. But the I want to get into the second point. Like, here's the second point. I'm going to go to the, the, this, this example, right? Because then some people would come back at you and go, well, I, I don't do the consensus. I'm not stupid, right? I don't do like, I'm going to I'm gonna average out 10 models that suck, right? In DFS type of mentality. Yeah. I'm going to find the sharpest book, the book that typically comes closest mm -hmm. to the to some, what the best closing line, right? Because remember, these these are people that are operating without projections of any type. Right. They're like, okay, I think this book, it could be an offshore book, it could be an it could be whatever. They go, book E, right, is the sharpest book in the land when it comes to whatever market. This yeah. is the coin flip market, right? Right. I'm using the coin flip example just to show how how flawed the the mindset is because we know it's very easy concept to understand that a coin flip is 50-50, and that's not going to change. We can argue. Right. What the what the Chiefs 49ers money line could should be based on handicapping or something like that. But this we actually know exactly a fair coin flip is. So let's say over the course, you've tracked over the course of years, right? You're you know that book E is when it comes to the coin flips, they're the sharpest market. They're the sharp, they're the market maker, right? In the end, yeah. they take sharp money, right? So they they have high limits, sharp money, whatever. So you go bookies minus 105, right? And you go, yeah, well, obviously these book A, B, C, D, these retail books, right? They have a worse number. So it's like, yeah, okay, but the sharp book says minus 105. But I have a small book that I have access to that's offering minus 101 on the point. Right? <laughs> so the sharp number is minus 105. So I'm going to just assume that that's the fair, but that's the fair price on a coin flip minus 105 and go, I'm going to go and bet minus 101, a better number. And I'm going to calculate that my bet has a 1% edge, right? Because wow. the difference between the implied probabilities, look, I got a, I got a 1% edge there. Wow. Right. So I'm going to put down, I'm going to put in into my Kelly calculator. I'm going to put in 1%. Like, obviously you could see how, how stupid this is. Because uh, minus one on one on a coin flip, I mean it, it's it's negative zero point two percent edge because it's right. you know it should be minus one hundred plus one hundred, right? But it's still just because a book is sharp, like doesn't mean it's doesn't mean your bet that is better than that book is plus EV either. Over the course of time, in a 
efficient markets, that could be true, right? But in, I mean, we're considering the prop market of like you're betting on you're betting on you you need to come up with what is the what is in the ballpark of what the line should be and the and the sharpest line like this is in the eye of the beholder because another question that I ask people because I've had this I've had this conversation three times over the past two weeks which is that's why it's a bugbear because it's like I'm trying I'm trying to explain concepts not yeah. fast tricks on how to oh this is how you find plus EV bets and here's this little shortcut that isn't true it could be but it doesn't make it irrefutably true is that that even if you take out you go to the first example and you go well what happens what happens if book e is the sharp number that means you shouldn't bet it at all right you're like the consensus on the market is minus 110 but what happens if Book E, which has the better number, but that is the sharpest. I mean, technically it is because it's the closest to minus 110, right? To minus 100. So like, like what happens if, if, if you had book F at, at minus, what happens if some other book, right? Actually had the completely best number, right? Minus 100 plus 100. Yeah. Right. Like that would just be a break even bet, but you would think that it was, like, look, it's so much better than the the sharpest number in the market, which is minus one hundred five. Yeah. Like, and you would be betting accordingly on essentially what a coin flip is. Now you're breaking even in the long run, but the point still remains is that that without without having some aspect of a sort what what I would call a source of truth, like mm-hmm. what is the truth in the fair value, and in props especially props uh the market doesn't doesn't fit because in order in order to use an actual market as fair value it needs to have quality has it needs to have three qualities in it it needs to fulfill all three of these variables one it has to be liquid mm-hmm. which means they have to be taking in the book that is offering that number has to be taking in enough money right the limits have to be high right so sure they're taking in a lot of money but they're all $50 bets because they won't allow any bet higher than 50 bucks third one is that they have to accept sharp action mm-hmm. right cuz people look and go oh oh well high limit oh, look volume high limits and look they took a $150,000 bet by some schmuck it's like yeah, that that's not moving the line. That's not that's they're not shaping any action, right? right. So if you're going to use a, a a book like like Fanatics points bet, it's like, dude, none their markets are are I I I literally don't even include Fanatics. Like I I I I don't even include Fanatics in my in my anything. I don't even have it on like when I bet, I bet I can't. I mean, Fanatics is the only book where I signed up and got and got limited immediately. <laughs> like with before placing a bet, like like literally, I didn't place a bet at all. I just signed up, and two days later, got an email saying that the trading team is determined and blah blah blah. I'm like, like, dude, I had I, like, I didn't even have a points bet account because I know they were bought. But like, if they're offering, if they're not accepting anything like that, like you can't take their. You'll right. see during baseball season, James, that points bet will have the best number for a lot of home run props. Yeah. Right. They'll go, you know, that this guy that at DraftKings has it at, at plus 250, FanDuel has it at plus 280, and points bet has it at plus 400. Yeah. And then people will go, well, I'm going to use that as a, like, you can't use that. Like, number one, you can't bet the number. They don't, they don't accept more than like 10 bucks or what. I mean, that it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit the mold of do they accept, is it liquid? high limits, higher limits, and do they accept sharp action? Yeah. So once they fit all three, then you can assume to some degree that their lines will get more efficient over time as the game, as it gets closer to game time, right? And numbers will move. And this is what happens a lot in sides and totals markets, right? 
you do NFL week, you know, the week of NFL and even NBA sides and totals on a given day. Mm -hmm. So if you want and you go, I've, I'm, I have no idea it's it's whatever, what's going on today. we got the Nets and the Grizzlies. You're like, I want to find a discrepancy in the market. Like that's a market that, that you could do that. But if you're going to go and you're going to see Michael Bridges, assist props right like what is the liquidity what is the limit and what is the sharp action and sometimes especially these days in props the market that is off the the book that is off a lot of times is the sharpest number you'll find you'll find that because of that dynamic the three variables that a book like FanDuel actually has the sharpest number because they're accepting more action. And you look at, you look at a, a book like points bet and you go, why are they so off? It's like, yeah, they will, they've, they've, they're, they're slapping an 8% hold and limiting people and not accepting it. I mean, it's like, they're just, it's, it's their, their menus there for like display purposes only. Right. So, being able to use that as in a top-down betting methodology, I mean that I would never want to include that in a, in some type of calculation like this, even if I didn't have a projection. But there's no, there's very limited amount. I don't want to say no prop markets that fit those three characteristics that you'd be able to blindly go in and do this type of this type of top-down betting. Right. That you at least need to start with a reasonable, reasonably accurate player projection, mm-hmm. right? Which is obviously here at Rota Grinders, we do have, you know, full statistical projections for most major sports. I know, James, you do. Mm-hmm. You do projections. And Rota Grinders projections and your projections are not always completely in agreement, but... Yep. I'd say 90 plus percent of the time directionally act directionally similar. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Just comes, it just comes down to what the, how much, right. It's like, Oh, that over eight and a half rebound prop. It's like, Oh, rotor grinders projections show that as a 12% edge. And you show it as a 4% edge because it's right. a little bit lower, but directionally tends to be the same. It's very rare that it's like, well, the over eight and a half, we uh, rotor grinders has a 18% edge. And for you, it's like, no, that's negative 20%. <laughs> Right. Like, like someone's wrong. Said so someone, someone got their minutes off because someone has to be wrong. Yeah. Well, and I mean that kind of stuff. You know, you, you, and that's why you look across the markets. And typically, the only time that you're going to find those kind of really large discrepancies across different sites, you know, Rotor Grinders, Pater, whoever else, right, is when it is on like a low number on a rotation player that is being like starting or something like that, right. Um, in that case, you know, minutes projections can vary pretty wildly. We can see 10 minute difference in, in minutes projections. And this is specifically NBA thing, but yeah, typically it, and, and frankly, man, people who are trying to bet without a projection source at this point, just aren't serious about it. Like, and I understand there are a lot of people who are just casual betters and just want some action on the game or whatever, but it's like, from, from my point of view, if you are out there, trying to like find EV betting and you're taking the time and the dedication to go and compare all these different books, just get a projection source first. Cause if you're going to take the time to do all that, the, the line shopping, like you might as well have something to put it against. Right. It, the people who are trying to do that without projections are insane. Uh, and, and there's not that high barrier of entry. There's projections everywhere. Just find some, and just use them even you even if you don't want to add any expense to your to your betting action and like you just want to get your action just find something because the top-down methodology for props it just it doesn't work we we use top-down a lot in um developing dfs projections Uh, across the industry there there's a lot of top-down where you are using the totals specifically to then trickle down and and lineate market shares throughout players and distribution stuff like that from top down perspective. And I like to use props as a piece of the puzzle 
in terms of aggregating out things like minutes projections and rebound stats and stuff like that as a piece, but not as like, I'm using that eight and a half rebound prop as like what the statistical projection is. Like it, it comes projection first, and then you add that in as a source of uh, I sanity check for the market. But top down, man, um, it, it blows my mind that people are even trying to do that because it, it's it, especially in prop markets. It just it hasn't been proven out to work. Well, just the the, the closing lines are inefficient. No, like if you, if you track track if you do track your your closing line like closing line value of props is a signal but not right gospel yeah because it's, it's why i see people all the time talk about clv when it comes to prop betting they're like oh you know i'm gonna pay my family on the clv it's like you're never going to <laughs> the clv on props it's nice it's nice but it doesn't if mean it, it, it doesn't necessarily i want to use the term necessarily it doesn't mean anything because the way those three variables it always come back to the three variables in any market in order for it to be a market, right? In order to classify what you're looking at as a market, mm-hmm. you need n- mul- numerous participants. You need wide array of independent participants, right? You need high limits and liquidity, right? Where people can get, you know, there's a difference between getting, $200 down on a prop bet and 10 grand down on a saw on a, on a college basketball side. Right. There's a much big difference. And then, then three is that the number that you're looking at is being shaped by a book that actually takes money from people are more likely to know what they're talking about and win more often than not, or get closing, closing line valued. And they're going to move the number even in prop markets, based on perceived sharpness to protect themselves. That's why they make big, that's why prop markets have 6% eight to 8% holds is because they know that their third-party content providers are not, are, are not the best, right? People out there are going to be able to beat the prop markets, so mm-hmm. they give themselves as much of room as possible that they don't get beaten in in for for the for a lot. And then when they see too much on one too much action on one thing, they don't move they they don't move it as a way to make the line more efficient. They move it as a risk management position. So they have no opinion what if 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 you're bet the over eight and a half rebounds at minus 110 and then later in the day, it's now minus 120. And then later in the day, it's nine and a half at minus 110. Like, you're like, oh, I got I got a one rebound CLV or, you know, I got, you know, 10 cents CLV or something like that. Right. Uh, that that would be. That would be valuable if it meet all three of those variables. Right. It would be valuable if there if there were a lot of independent bets being made. And a lot of them on the over. If people were, you, you may have put a $20 bet in, right? But if there are $1,000 bets coming in on the over eight, uh, eight and a half rebounds at minus 110, and uh, the the third thing is that, uh, that, that the book actually accepts, like if they're willing to accept $500,000 prop bets from people that are sharp, and that's the reason why the thing moved, then you could say, yes. Even if it went on, even if the thing goes under, it's like you can calculate some type of CLV even on a prop. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times, I mean, look here at Roto Grinders, we have projections. You could go right now and look at our NBA projections and start betting props right right now, if you want. Obviously, NBA, NBA is you've got to pay attention because who knows who's in and who knows who's out. But like baseball on a given day, like dude, bet. The bad projections, Cardi's bad projections. I I I've used Cardi's bad projections the past three years for prize picks, underdog, and now obviously the the regular sportsbook markets. Those numbers move from there all the time. Oh yeah, you know why? Because a lot of people use the bad projections, so it doesn't like the the CLV that you're getting is like you're creating it yourself. 
right? Right. right? Or right. there, there are plenty of syndicates out there. There are public. There, there are influencers. You go on TikTok. Go on TikTok. There are people that have hundreds of thousands of followers, hundreds of thousands. T Twitter, hundreds of thousands. And it doesn't matter what your projections say or anything. If one of them tweets out, uh, we're taking Kevin Gausman strikeouts over six and a half at minus 112. Like I I I I'm I'm pretty sure in a half an hour that that number is six and a half at minus 125 or minus 135. At or, yeah. At least it may go up to seven and a half. That dude isn't that dude probably that that doesn't mean that dude's sharp. It's just that the book is like, holy, oh, we're getting all the, we're getting all this money coming in 50 bucks at a time from tons of someone must have released this prop and they don't know who. But from a risk management perspective, there's some trader that's just like playing whack-a-mole and saying, you know, let's just bump this up just because is is this a is this an issue with our our third party model that we right. have, or is this just dumb people? But we don't know. So let's let's limit our our exposure as much as possible. You could be looking at your project, yeah, dude. I could be looking at the bat projections on on the strikeout prop, and it, like the projection could be like five point seven. So as it's go as it's going up, I'm like, great, great. I'll wait. I'll wait because mm -hmm. I guess stupid people are betting 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 it up. But if you're if you don't have a projection to rely rely on, all you're seeing is a number going up like that, and and you're chasing it, right. Right. And then you like, that's how, because it's not a market. Like you think it's like, oh, the market's moving. Right. Oh, oh, price picks. Oh, I bet the, I bet the over four and a half on price picks on a strikeout prop. And then 20 minutes later, it's now at five. Mm -hmm. And you start patting yourself on the back until you realize that you're the one that created that. Right. You're the one that did that. You're, yeah. you are the one that created you. So, if, especially if, if you're if you're winning, the dude dude price picks last year, there were tons of times that like literally their board would go up at like 12 30, 1 o'clock at night. And I put together, you know, I I quickly go through and put together a five, five, the five things that are off the most, and then like two minutes later. Like three of those projections change. Yeah. In the in my favor. Now imagine, imagine at the end of the day going, look, oh, I I I should be doing well based on CLV. It's like, like, well, they only move because of me. Uh, there's sometimes that later the next day, it moves back toward it, it moves against me. Mm -hmm. Right? Five o'clock PM, it, it, now it's back down to four and a half. It's like, yeah, but the line moved from immediately from four and a half to five. And then later in the day before the games, they went back down to four and a half. Shouldn't I take that again? It's like, not necessarily, right? You created your own move. You, you like, it's props. These, these aren't markets. They don't fit those three criteria that if this was sides and totals, we'd be having a whole different story. So that's that's why my bugbear with this like the plus EV betting is that yes, it's line shopping is good, James. Yeah. Right. Getting the best number and getting the press price is your number one offense against sports books. Yes. Right. You will lose the least. That is that is the basic strategy blackjack of sports betting. Just get whatever you want. You 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 have the Knicks Pistons games on tonight, and you're gonna be watching it. Right, and you're like, I want a little, a little action on the game. Just go to that game's menu on whatever, whatever odd screen you're using, and just find find the lowest hold market and and just bet, just bet whatever, whatever you want. Yeah. Right. You'll probably you know, use projection. I mean, obviously, use projections. You you know, there are ways to beat it, but like, just simply, just if you line shop. You're gonna lose the least on it, and even if a bet has like, oh, this bet has a minus five percent edge, versus a bet that has a minus two percent edge, like you shouldn't be calculating that as I gained three percent edge. It's like you're just losing less. 
You gain like unless you have a way of stimulating the game to have the actual probability, or at least an estimated version of that. Like the difference between two numbers isn't like always good. As long as it's in your direction, doesn't make the whole bet positive in and of itself. Right. Yeah, it's a really good point. Um, and and I think that EV is just a buzzword right now. It's just a really big buzzword, especially with uh, the whole contest sims thing, which is man, that is just going hilariously for the entire industry as a whole. Um, it's I did just... my I did post lock sims on my MMA lineups. It said it said that I had thirty six thousand percent ROI. Uh, expected how come i yeah. lost money yeah well right. you know that's that's showbiz baby uh that's that's what the that's but that's a number the three thirty six thousand percent of course then a fight gets canceled and all my lineups die right yeah yeah there's like that was yeah and then people are like, oh, rah, 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 light swap blah, blah, shut up um right. yeah i i just think that with uh with the way the industry is going this this industry has just become nowadays it is so 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 heavily buzzword centric and it is so 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 heavily like oh it, it's almost it, it's almost reaching this point where the better salesmen are getting their products to market and just like being like oh well look we have all the same things everybody else has like ev look at our ev and it's like it's 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 irksome because so much of the work that is done behind the scenes, uh, especially as a model builder, like so much of the work that is done behind the scenes, that kind of stuff, uh, there, there are a lot of bad actors in the industry and and people who maybe are not necessarily bad actors, but are just not as well spoken and, and understanding of the mechanics of, of projections and modeling and the markets and everything like that, just make it out to be uh, basically fish bait. And um it's annoying and it's it's frustrating to to see and to watch and I and I have a little bit of a bugbear with it too but I have I have bugbears with a lot of different things because you look at it as somebody who bets and as somebody who gets their action in and has a very good understanding and knowledge of the markets right that's how you look at it my look at it is when people are talking about things like plus EV and and finding edge and everything like that my perspective as a model builder is that a lot of this, when people are talking about EV and when people are talking about like simming things out and when people are talking about the way the projections are built, there are still a lot of really bad actors that are not actually doing any of these things that are what they are saying that they are. And that's my frustration with it, is companies that come out and say that they have a certain product or do a certain thing that very clearly is not being done on the back, like behind the scenes. I just think there's a lot of bad actors out there. And, and you know, anywhere where there's money to be made, man, th this is what happens. This, this is what happens in money markets. You have people who are disingenuous about things and and um, utilize buzzwords to, to make a quick buck. But that's that's kind of the story for another time, I think. So, so uh, is game theory a buzzword? Is the theory of daily fantasy sports a buzzword? No, no. People don't talk about it enough, actually. I would say that it's it's not even close to Oh, oh okay. Well, how, how do you think like a professional DFS player? Look, the concepts that are in our first course, like they apply to sports betting also. Yeah, I mean that. The, the, I mean, it's it's it, this is this is a, a theory of games more than how to play NBA DFS, right? Some people don't realize that it's a 15-hour audio masterclass, but I mean, it should help you think about any, 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 any game. Any sports market, any especially peer to peer, right? I mean, half of it is game theory is peer to peer, so sports betting is not necessarily that. But if you're playing DK Pick Six, I mean, I, I got uh, I got a question. Uh, I was in a in a chat yesterday about DK Pick Six, which I can't play yet in Kentucky, mm -hmm. but will when I. It, oh yeah, and you're gonna wreck it too. Yeah, because. Like, dude, I like someone, someone that is putting money down, like someone that is seriously putting money down, not even understanding the rules. Like you have prop bettors that are coming from betting playing DK pick six without understanding the power mutual nature of, right. of games. Right? right. So they're going, they're going, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm, well, I'm taking the six biggest edges that I got and I'm playing that. And 
they're wondering why it's like, oh, when when I win, I don't get paid much. Right. And when I get wrecked, uh, if it's like my numbers are better than this, but I've been like there, uh, the conversation I was had with someone that has been tracking, you know, people that play often in whatever market. Like I said, I'm not I, I don't know. Right. And he said, said there are several people that are playing oddly. And they're they have the high they have the highest they're winning the most money. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah. what do you mean by oddly? He said, said based on my projections, they're 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 project they're they're betting that they're picking like like none of like none of what I'm picking, like not either that or they're pick or they're picking like they have. He said often they have one or two that are similar to him. And then, like four that are are he has as negative EV, and I I said to him, I said, are the ones that are negative EV correlated to the ones that are, pl- are plus EV? And he goes, actually, yeah, they tend to be from the same game. Yeah, and I said, yeah, you're talking, yeah, because you're playing against the DFS player, you're not playing against <laughs> the prophet, right? And he's wondering, it's like, yeah, what's what's I know that, yeah. This guy's prop for this and that is negative EV based on your median. But when this guy scores uh, more than 30 and a half points in the game, does this other guy tend to have more than nine and a half assists? And he goes, yeah. He said, that's why they're playing it on the same card, right? That's the point. Even though you have the assist prop at like 8.6 and the number's nine and a half, yeah. you're 30 and a half. You just have a different assist. Like, And once I once I, once I said that, like the response was like basically like a, a revelation of, Oh my God, I'm just playing. I'm like, yeah. I didn't even realize I'm playing this game. Like he thought it was just what's the highest win probability cards I can make. And like, and, and I said against the uh, crappy opposition, like if you're playing in contests in that version, it's very similar to DFS, right? right? If you're playing in it, if you're playing it in a, in an NBA DFS contest, 10 people, and some randos and like they're playing lineups that like are 30 points lower projected than like optimal. And you just play optimal and it's a 10 man contest. You probably, you just rank it in at that point, but you need to have opponents that are making that egregious of mistakes for you to not have any, any sense of game theory in -hmm. order to win these things. But I just thought, I just thought it was thinking of the theory of daily fantasy sports theory of DFS.com. And it's like, oh, but how does this relate to sports betting? It's like it relates to any any paramutual market, any peer-to-peer game. Yeah. The concepts are still the same, which is why I'm excited once I mean, I James, we've been talking, we've known each other for a while. Yeah. When sport when Papsva got whatever got repealed, and it's like sports betting opened up in New Jersey mm-hmm. and it opened up in Massachusetts. That's like, I don't know how long it's going to take to get to Kentucky. But my, you, you know me, I said five years ago, six years ago, yep. I said, I'm in this for once enough states come in that they can mix liquidity mm-hmm. amongst the states and then open up like prop based betting games. Yeah. Even if it's just like super contest style of like, you got to pick, you got to pick five winners. Right. And then like once there's a sense of like the ownership of a pick becomes worth it to know, then it then it becomes a game just like DFS. And so many people will be playing it as a betting game and not as a strategy game. Yeah. I've been telling anybody who will listen to play these peer-to-peer kind of games. I the the edge is ridiculous. For, a, for multiple different reasons, on top of not only the correlative aspect of it, but also the ownership portion of it, which people have not even started to really talk about. And I, I've been trying to think of ways to exploit it. Like, there, there's just, it, you, it's you really, can play, really... You can play it in Tennessee, right? Yeah, I can. Yeah. And I, I've been trying to think of ways to develop ownership for it, because I think that anybody who has relatively like just directionally accurate ownership projections quote unquote for the bets that are placed and and for the cards that are created i i I, the the roi on that has just got to be through the roof 
the, um, the sim, the sim, the sim to, to, to build a sim for that is nowhere near as complex as the classic DFS ones, right? Um, it's so the, the hard part that comes into it and we're running out of time, but the, the, the hard part that comes into it is, uh, the hard part that comes into it is, is the source of truth. What we talked about earlier, right? Like where, where is where the majority of people are finding the projections to then use for these games. And you can argue that it is rotor grinders or that it is any of the other players in the industry, but finding where the correct weights are on that kind of stuff, you can do a really blunt one easier than dfs yes you can do a really blunt one easier but in order to make it to where you are are really able to have a good idea of what kind of cards people are making and what kind of the top five to ten most popular bets are for the day um that gets a little bit more difficult so that's something that i've kind of been working on because i want to have that for mlb since i think that the correlative nature of mlb on top of being able to kind of predict what kind of cards people are going to make I, I just think that pick six is open season for somebody who figures that out. So if you can play pick six or if you can play any of these peer-to-peer card creation games, play them. Just just play them. It's it's the best edge in the industry right now. Uh, I need to wait for them to come to come to Kentucky. Or like PrizePix has PrizePix Arena. Yeah, that's the new one. Yeah. That's the new one. But I mean, yeah. I have PrizePix, but I don't – do I – is there – I think you have Arena. I, I, Oh, they still okay. I I gotta wait for that also. Ah, right. I gotta wait for too much stuff. Yeah, gonna have to make more trips to Tennessee. Come, come, let's go get hot, hot chicken again. I'm not gonna go down just to put together some pick six cards. It's a two. It's a it's a two hour drive to the, to the Tennessee border. You call yourself dedicated. You call yourself. No, I don't. I don't call. <laughs> <laughs> James Paydirt underscore DFS on Twitter, right? Yeah, Peter underscore DFS on Twitter and uh, PeterDFS.com for projections, models, stats, all that kind of different stuff. I'm starting a newsletter for MLB, um, which is going to be kind of focused. I, I don't want it to be like, oh, here's three bets that, I, you know, not just like the super regular stuff. I want to do a little bit more for um, identifying contests worth playing for people and kind of some more game theory aspects and stuff like that. So be on the lookout for that when baseball starts. Okay. And uh, hit that like button on your way out the door. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We got Grinders live later today. Crunch time right after that. We got an NBA slate. We got NHL stuff. We got uh, Champions League soccer. We got college basketball. We got PGA. We got the props and pick'em package, right? So if you want, we talked about needing projections for prop betting. Get them here at Roto Grinders. Get hey, get James's prop projections also. You could aggregate those two. At least those two are good projections, right? Don't do the let's you know let's the, take the consensus of a market that sucks, right? Right, never do that. So, uh, so I'll be on tomorrow with uh, TJ. We have an NHL slate tomorrow, and uh, obviously, uh, I'm here all the time, Monday through Friday, eleven o'clock Eastern, talking about all things you're thinking about in daily fantasy props and pick them on Roto Grinders today. <laughs>